You know those people who pray for everyone, like really pray? That person who collects lists of needs and you know they're actually going to work with them. I guess you might call it a gift of intercession. Or just a person who's faithful to loving others in the way God has invited them to. Today I got to talk with one of those folks, Gail with Nell. She's been a part of the Renovari ministry team for nearly 30 years. And through those years, she's regularly and faithfully held Renovare, its efforts, its community, you and me, in prayer. I've known Gail since I was 16. She means a lot to me. I'm delighted to share this conversation with you. My name is Nathan Foster, and welcome to the Renovare Weekly Podcast. How did you first become interested in prayer? Now, I remember in the fourth grade, I wanted a Bible, and we didn't go to church or anything when I was growing up. My dad was a heavy drinker, and there was a lot of, a lot of stress in our family, and I wanted a Bible. And actually, clear back to even before that, I, I, hadn't, I just had a sense that there was somebody caring for me. I I can't explain it to you. I just had a sense. Maybe it's because I was afraid a lot. And my sister, my sister and I together were afraid a lot because he was, he was one of the most beautiful, loving, caring men. But when he drank, his personality completely changed. So we grew up with a Jekyll and Hyde, loving and hating our father. And it brought a lot of confusion, as you can imagine. And when he came to Christ, we became so close, and there was a lot of forgiveness. Then when I was in middle school or junior high at the time at a youth camp, a Presbyterian youth camp, I remember they had a big roaring fire, and the kids were sitting around, and the youth pastor, I guess, I was unfamiliar with a lot of this, but had there was a pile of sticks, and if you wanted to give your life to Christ, you could get up and throw the stick in the fire. And I was the first. I was the first one up. It was like, oh, I'm doing that. I'll never. I mean, you know how those moments, just these little clear moments in your. I've forgotten tons, but I do remember that, and it was absolute clear to me that the person I had been, the one I'd been talking to, was Jesus. And I just didn't understand that. And and then from then on, it's been my life is a constant conversation. But then with Renovari, I began to understand the importance of praying for others. And that's when intercession began to be um, more and more important to me. And then it was it was praying for people was one thing, but then understanding that I needed to war for them was a whole new thing. I, I started really doing a lot of study, looking at the scriptures. What is he saying in Ephesians 6? Or, you know, the, the uh, armor of God. And then the binding and loosing, what does that mean? And then gradually as I began, entered into that more and more, I began to discern what was going on in situations in ways that I wouldn't in my natural self be able to perceive, but it, I would just know. I would just know. It was just a knowing. And, um, and so then when I would pray, I could pr- 
pray with more substance, more intelligence about it, more specificity. And I, that was really important to me. So it kind of has been a progression. I've never really spent a lot of time on the contemplative. That's been probably my weakest area, but uh, because I'm more in the action part of it. Um, and so I have to, for me to count the balance has to come in there. And that's, you know, I, I'm more interested in the charismatic than I am sometimes in the contemplative, sure. but, um, but I'm a pretty contemplative kind of person. So it's, it's a kind of a, a balance there, but I, I see people sometimes getting bogged down with the introspective kind of prayer. Say more on that. Well, you know how in your dad's book on prayer, he, he bases the whole thing on the upward, uh, inward, and outward of the, of the prayer, kind of the rhythm mm-hmm. of it. And, and really, uh, in a lot of ways, Jim's three books in the, uh, the Apprentice series are the same thing. The Good and Beautiful God and the Good and Beautiful Life, uh, yeah, and then the Good and Beautiful Community is upward, inward, and outward. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but where I've, I mean, I have friends that are either or, you know, they're, they're way too much outward, which can move into just social justice kind of thing for its own sake. Mm-hmm. But I've seen people, friends that get so um, uh, self, they see so many, they see error in themselves and failure Mm -hmm. and, and want to read things about contemplation. uh, And instead of seeing that as a place to come to peace, they're constantly introspective. It's like, search me, search me, search me, search me, search me. And I'm this and I'm this and I'm this and I'm this. And, and if, and so I have found the uh, antidote to that is praying for somebody else. And, uh, and I mean, it just, that's what it seems like to me. No, that's, that sounds pretty good to me. What, what, what are your prayer practices now in terms of your kind of daily rhythm? I always praise in the morning. I, I don't ask. Mm-hmm. Praise. And um, mm-hmm, just praise. Uh, I will praise. Uh, I will do the 23rd Psalm. I will do the uh, 103rd Psalm. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. I say that prayer a lot. And all that is with me. For he forgives my sins, and heals my diseases, redeems my life. The pet. Although I do get stuck on the heals my his heals my diseases. I, I have such an honest relationship. I, I was sharing with Bible study class I'm teaching yesterday, and, uh, and, I, and they are shocked at my transparency about that kind of thing, but that's just how I, how I live. And, it, and it's like um, uh, the honesty, I, can, I absolutely know I can say anything to the Lord, and He mm-hmm. loves me and will never leave me. I can say, I can complain to him and, and complain to him for a season. And then there's a point at which, just like I told you in the last um, email or whatever we sent mm-hmm. was that, uh, <clears throat> though he slay me, yet will I trust him <laughs> in reading Job. And, uh, 
and and uh, um, and if everything bad in my life happens, nothing's going to separate me from your love, Lord. And I will. I am. I'm grounded. I am steadied on that. That's absolute. That's never going to change. If I die today, that will not change. And and I know there's times when we get tested, but and so I just complain. And <laughs> I think David complained a lot. I've read a lot of songs that look, sound to me a lot like complaining, <laughs> don't they? Yeah, yeah, kind of does. You start with praise, with some honesty, complaining uh-huh. if if necessary. Where does it go then? I don't pray everything every day for everybody every day. Mm-hmm. I I don't do. There's just not time or interest. I don't have the interest to do that. But it's kind of like, where do you want me to go, Lord, with with this? And then I'll I'll intercede. And when I get a text from you or an email from you that's and especially when I start getting the prayer requests in that everybody's sending in right now, uh, for the prayer letter, um, I just I start praying those right away because some of some of them are, are needing to be prayed for immediately. Mm-hmm. So that's the next. That's the that's the thing. I begin to intercede, and uh, and then I usually move back into a time of praise. Um, also, and sometimes I just, um, <clears throat> I mean, some you get into a rut. So um, I like to just read a psalm, pray mm-hmm, a psalm, mm-hmm. um, or whatever. I mean, that's pretty much I'm sure what most people do. But uh, I have to vary that. But I never vary the the, the uh, praising. I start every single Bible study I've ever mm. taught, ever, my whole life, all 35 years or whatever, with praise. We, when we sit down and I kind of call the gathering together and I, and, it, and I usually read a scripture or I read something from Dallas or something from some other writer, I'll read a thing and, and kind of lead us into a time of praise before we start a lesson. And, um, and I always have everyone, even the ones that are real timid, to have thank God for something until they begin to get more and more familiar with praising out loud. And uh, it's verbal praise, and uh, and I, I believe it's worship, and it's not worship isn't just singing songs. And um, although sometimes I have a couple of gals that have nice voices and they might sing part of a hymn or something, which is great too. And, um, but praising in the beginning and in the end, um, there's power in the praise, as we know. So that's probably kind of it in a nutshell, but I do vary it. Mm-hmm. It's a great but, way uh, to, to kind of enter into a form of prayer, the praises. The piece that I, I thought was interesting in what you said is that when you're doing the intercessory prayers, you, you ask it begins with a prayer. Who should I pray for? What should I pray for? Yeah, yeah. Who do I pray for? I don't know his mind on that, and I don't know, you know, where to start, other than just information that people have given me. So, uh, and sometimes what they've given me isn't really what I need to know. And sure. uh, I mean, just I have to ask the Lord, show me what you want 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 to see. How do you know when to let go, or when you've You've done what you needed to do for that person. That's really a difficult one. Um, because, you know, people say I've had burden, a burden, a burden. And I can remember in the beginning days, I just kept 
doing it over and over because I felt like it was my responsibility and somehow that I was part of the fixing. Mm-hmm. And it wore me out. I mean, there just was no way I can think of a couple of situations with a girl that was suicidal. And I just said, you know, if I don't keep praying, she's going to kill herself. You know, I mean, it was just, mm-hmm. it was just really, really uh, a learning curve for me. And it's, sounds kind of like I don't care, but there's a point at which I'm done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and I'm just done. I don't have the physical and mental or emotional energy to continue. And I think that's kind of God's signal to me to, that he's heard me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's time to let it go. Another thing is that when I'm done, I really am. I mean, I care. I care about that person. I'd like to have follow-up on it. But it's I, I, I'm not carrying that around. And I've had to learn how to do that. I just have to say, I have to give this up to you, Lord. I don't want to carry it anymore. No, so like a balance of kind of pushing and moving forward, but then also letting go and being okay with oh. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and being okay with that. And I've had a lot of women, particularly because I've taught mostly women, um, is, is uh, but I feel so guilty if I stop praying. And I said, you, you, you absolutely can't do that. You have got to let it go. And I mean, let it go. Just like his yoke is easy. If you're feeling totally like you're yoked to the ground with this, with this need, then you've moved into worry and you've taken it back. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, and you've, you've let it become part of who you, you know, part of you, of you. And he's just asking you to be a conduit, not to carry it. Yeah. And, uh, and so, that becomes in another another point of prayer, right? Should I continue to pray? Or, or, or absolutely, yeah, I like that. I like and, that. And 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 to to just go ahead and if you don't feel like go for it, then don't and be okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> sure, we're learning, right? It's all learning process, exactly. isn't it? <laughs> and actually, every situation is learning. Mm-hmm. I mean, every you can kind of have an overall idea. I mean, I'm so used to this that it's a way of life for me. But I, but I'm learning all the time uh, because anything to do with my own children or grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. I have a great grandson and and really close personal friends. I almost feel sick to my stomach. I feel so, I have a really very dear close friend that's been my friend for years and she has blood clots in her legs and got fiddled around three weeks of walking around with blood clots in her legs until they finally, she got somebody besides a PA to diagnose her with blood clots. And, and I felt sick to my stomach because one of those could have easily broken loose and gone to her brain, you know, her heart, mm-hmm. her lungs. I almost, I felt physically ill. And so, and I know God doesn't want us in that place. So I have to work through that. I have to pray through that. Lord, I'm turning her over to you. I can't carry her around. I can't fix her. I can't make her well. Yeah. I can't dissolve those clots, but I can sure ask you to, you know, it's kind of like you have to work your way through um, to the place where you're okay again. Oh, there's a lot there. I'm so grateful for her. You know what struck me? After the interview, she commented how no one had asked her these type of questions before. 
makes me want to keep asking people questions. It makes me grateful you're here to listen with me. I want to turn now to a very different form of prayer and hear about a helpful practice developed by a chronic over-functioner. We're back with our friend, writer, and professor, Lacey Borgo. Hi, my name is Lacey Borgo, and I am <laughs> I am an overfunctioner. <laughs> hi, Lacey. <laughs> In unison, we all said That's hi, right. Lacey. I heard you. Okay. That was helpful. Good. Um, I have been um, uh, doing all my life, all my life. Um, I began teaching children when I was, um, just right after I was a children, um, I started teaching uh, as a teen. And children take a lot of action, they take a lot of energy, a lot of movement. And so um, I do a lot. I'm super efficient. That's just my MO. So um, my prayer practice in this season of my life, and this, um, so much has shifted um, in my life is to do nothing. Uh, incredibly difficult for me. Um, and it looks like um, uh, centering prayer. So maybe I can mm-hmm. just walk mm-hmm. you through what it looks like for me. Um, when I get up in the morning, um, like everybody else with my personality structure, uh, I have a list of five things, five to 50 things running through my head of what I need to do. And um, But the first thing that I need to do in order to um, do from a place of my being um, rather than all of my doing being who I am mm-hmm. is to do nothing. So um, I have a little stool um, that a little like prayer bench that I go and I um, blurry eyed step out of bed. It's still in my pajamas and kneel down on this bench. And um, it's really important, the kneeling part for me in this season mm-hmm. of my life, too. I'm in a season of um, redeeming my body of God, um, calling my body into redemption. Mm-hmm. So it's like my body has got to get in on this praying. So I kneel, and I light my little Trinity candle. And um, usually it takes like three matches because I don't have enough wherewithal to get it all three <laughs> in one. So, and, uh, and then I sit, um, kneel on my prayer bench for 20 minutes. I set an alarm because if I, I don't, I will be, um, you know, compulsively staring at the time. Mm-hmm. I just close my eyes. And um, with every, um, you know, my, my lists for the day are coming, bombarding me. And I just step over those and just uh, find myself and really just, I mean, that phrase really, find myself, the beloved of God. Mm -hmm. And it can take some looking. I have to step over the lists. I have to step over the ways, you know, um, in spaces of silence and solitude, um, Sometimes failures can come up. I have to step over those achievements. I have to step over those expectations of self, of others, step over those. Mm-hmm. But then um, usually it takes a little time, <laughs> but I can finally find myself. 
as the beloved of God and then just sit in that space. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, you know, after you've been married for a while or you've had a really deep relationship with someone for a long time and you can just be together without having to say anything. Mm-hmm. And just their presence provides all the security and center that you need. Mm-hmm. So when you say find yourself, meaning to become present to what's, what's happening, getting here I am now, that, that kind of thing? I can um, have myself mixed up in so much of the doing mm-hmm. and not realizing that um, the person that God created me to be, who I really am in Him, is absent of any doing. Mm. It is just being. So 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Sitting, letting the to-do list, the worries kind of drift by, and here I am as a beloved child of God. Right. And it's for me again right now. It's important that that's the first thing of the day, the first twenty minutes of my day, so that the doing flows from that space. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. everything from cooking breakfast to feeding dogs to writing to teaching flows from the space of uh, my identity is rooted in being the beloved of God. So it's a, a simple. Prayer practice that you've been finding helpful. Yeah. It's not that I've given up intercessory prayer or praying for others. Mm-hmm. Um, where that's coming in um, uh, is throughout my day as that person comes to mind. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, I'm cooking the breakfast. Someone comes to mind. And as I'm just doing that, I say, Lord, you know, this person. And uh, I, I, am, uh, f- I frequently pray in images rather than words. So I just might hold the picture of their face in my mind before God and while cooking breakfast. Mm-hmm. So that intercessory prayer is kind of um, uh, salted throughout my day. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. And, and this particular practice that you've been working on, it really fits kind of where you're at in terms of your personality and what you're working on, that this is a huge step. This is huge for me. Yes, you're exactly right. And I think that that's one of the things about, if we're talking about spiritual uh, disciplines in general, that we always want to think about. There is no like um, set way for that's going to apply or fit every single person Mm -hmm. that we're talking about. Um, we're talking about a human divine relationship with all of the facets of the human personality and all the experiences that that person has had. And for me, being a doer my entire life, what I need is the space of doing nothing. Am Am I still God's beloved if for 20 minutes I don't do a thing? And I'm, I'm, I'm coming to the conclusion that I am. Mm, good, good. <laughs> I love that you frame this as doing nothing because it is kind of doing something. Yeah, something but pretty for important. An, but for an Enneagram three, kneeling <laughs> on a bench for twenty minutes is like, oh, I could have been doing so much more. But yeah, yeah, it's exactly what is stretching me. 
yeah. at this time. And that's a, yeah, that brings up an interesting point, helpful point in spiritual practices, is that I find there are seasons where there are disciplines that I've just, they're like an old pair of slippers, helpful, they're just kind of natural. And then there are seasons where I need to kind of step out a little and kind of move into some more challenging spaces. Have you found the same? Oh, absolutely. Well, there you have it. Hey, I'd like to thank those of you who left us a favorable review on iTunes. It means a lot to me that you took the time to do that. So thank you. As always, thanks for listening and have a great week.